0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is impacting your life. Please take a moment and email us at mystory@cowboyjunctionchurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at cowboyjunctionchurch.com and click Give. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy the message today. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 21. Today is Palm Sunday. It's the triumphal e- entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. This is the story that, that it's, that's told, that, that Jesus came in, that we celebrate the triumphal entry this weekend. Seven days later, he was crucified on a cross. Today, we're going to talk about the necessary endings that we all need to face, and we for God to do some of the things that need to be done. Now, let me show you this story in Matthew chapter 21. And watch this. My glasses didn't come in, so there we go. Here we go. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, it came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you. And immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them. And bring them to me. And listen to this very closely. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. Okay, take a quick time out. This is the story before the story. We're fixing to get into the triumphal in- entry of Jerusalem. But this is the kind of story behind the story. And the reason why I want to stop here is because for some people in the room, I just want you to know that even with this Donkey story. Jesus pre-planned this whole thing so that he was tied up to a post, ready to go. So you got to pause and and see that this is just a blurb in the story that you could skip over, okay? But how much behind the scenes had to take place so the donkey with a colt was tied up in the right place with the right guy who was going to be able to go. Okay, cool. The moment he hears, hey, the Lord needs your donkey. Because most people aren't going to react like that. Okay, cool. Hey, I'm in your truck, starting your truck, taking your truck, because the Lord needs your truck. And how cool are you going to be with that? There's going to have to be something done before all that happens in your heart that you just go, I have it gassed up, ready to go. I knew you were coming. How much behind the scenes is taking place For this next seven days to unfold, even down to the donkey used that he rode in on. The lesson here is that for some of you, you're waiting for the donkey to come to you. And he's trying to tell you, you need to go get the donkey. The donkey is tied up to the post in a certain town, in a certain place. And if the guy asks you what you're doing, say this to him and he'll be cool with it. And some of us are sitting on our hands going, God, if this is really you, you'll bring the donkey to me. And Jesus is saying, I'm telling you what to do. You just not want to do what I'm telling you to do because it's already set up for you. That's just, Man, if that's how the preaching is so far, the message is <laughs> only going to get any better. Man, that's good stuff. Let's keep going here. Okay, here we go. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey a colt a foal of a donkey and then we hear it here we go so the disciples went and did as jesus commanded them they brought the donkey and the colt laid their clothes on them and set him on them and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road Clothes cut down, uh, others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Let me, let me show you this, this last and final part of people beginning to ask, who is this? Who is this guy there celebrating? People are taking off their shirts and their cloaks, laying on the ground. People are cutting down palm leaves and laying on the ground. Hosanna, Hosanna, who is this? This is a question that I pray every day someone would ask me. Tybeen, who is this? did that in your life Tybee you're not the kid i grew up with in artesia what the heck happened who did this to you uh, heather and i've been having some great conversations and i'm just talking to her i've just been telling her i have something has snapped inside of me that i just choose joy over depression i just choose joy over depression and i want someone that, you don't have to ask me because i just made this a big deal Ty, what has happened in you? Who has done this for you? One of the the most important things that you have to realize about witnessing, witnessing is so intimidating because it's just so up, up front in your face. Do you know Jesus? Well, gosh, there's some people that are just soul winners that the moment they sneeze, someone comes to Jesus. Would you agree? But for the majority of us, it's intimidating. Let me just give you this one thought about what we just read. What you celebrate people are going to ask you why. Whatever you celebrate, there will be a why or who comes after. Why do you love rodeo so much? That's a question that happens to a lot of people that just go and spend every dime they've got to rodeo. Why do you love it so much? Because it just looks like you're having a blast. Why, Why did you get married? Because look, I see you guys and you're together and you're in love and it just looks so cool. How do you know... they're the right ones that's a great question but they don't ever ask that people who are to to people who are miserable how do you find the right one i'm not going to ask you because apparently you didn't (laughs) would you agree whatever you celebrate generates a question so maybe you ought to be paying attention to the things that you celebrate because whatever you celebrate, you bet that it's going to draw a reaction, probably in the form of a question. And Jesus came into Jerusalem, and they celebrated, Hosanna, Hosanna. And what did people say? Who is this? What do you celebrate? Today we ask that question at Cowboy Junction because we're talking about necessary endings. And in order for God to do the necessary beginnings in your life, there may be some necessary endings that have to take place. And in this case, even in the point to where someone tried to shut down worship that day and say, why are you being so loud? Jesus turned and addressed the issue. I know you're trying to bring an ending to what's going on here, but the necessary ending is that you stop and you look and you see that you're not wanting to worship someone who's worthy to be celebrated and worshiped. And if you don't celebrate it, the rocks will begin to cry out. The rocks will begin to sing. Have you ever seen rocks sing before? They're gonna start singing and it is going to take your place and rocks were never meant to take the position that God created you for, for worship and praise. The necessary ending is that we quit being a stump and a rock and we start being the people that God called us to be. Necessary ending for the necessary beginning and that's the story of what do you celebrate and what do you get excited about and it makes us ask this question come palm sunday and for me this has always been a joyful sunday we grew up in the methodist church in a way and uh boy i tell you what i don't know what they spent on palm leaves in the methodist church but they spent a lot back then and every got, every person got a palm leaf some got two and it was so cool you you guys are a little bit more mellow than the Methodists were back then. We don't we didn't we didn't purchase palm leaves. We tried mesquite bushes next year, but <laughs> but it's this celebration. And so today we're going to talk about the necessary ending, and in something that I noticed in Scripture that we're going to take a look at. But I need you to pray. You ready? Ready? Here we go. Father, we love you. And we thank you for who you are. And today, Jesus, I pray that you would um, open our ears to hear, open our mouths to speak today, Father, I pray with everything in me that you would show us your purpose and your plan. There are some necessary endings for some necessary beginnings in our life. Show us how this applies. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So necessary endings, and we're, we're celebrating the uh, triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem and we have this moment to where Jesus stops and prays. And um, Jesus stops, and he begins to see things a little bit more serious. Let me show you how serious. Um, if, anybody have kids? Okay. Remember that day you found out you were going to have kids? Yeah. There was a lot of emotions, okay? Uh, there was celebration, by the way. Uh, for Heather and I, when we found out that we were going to have our first child, uh, Brady, it was a joyful, oh my gosh, can't believe it moment. Uh, for whatever reason, first-time parents save the pregnancy test, which is gross. <laughs> it's just gross. I don't, I, mean, I don't know why we do it, but it shows the disbelief that we may be in and the excitement we're in at the same time. It's one minute, you're so pumped, and you've got to go back to see if it changed, and then once you saw it didn't change, you're so excited, but you gotta go back five minutes later to see if it changed. And for every kid in the room that thinks your parents are dorks because they do stuff like that, you'll be a dork someday too. Yeah, you think you're cool. You don't even know what cool is yet, okay? Just letting you know. And, you know. There was this moment though between Heather and I after celebration and celebration and celebration. Well, we're having a kid, everything's going good. Now we know what the sex is. And, and all of these things begin to unfold. And it was late one night that the day was very close, and Heather um, was laying in bed. And I, of course, was sleeping. And I'm sleeping, and I just kind of just wake up. And as I wake up, I look over, and there's Heather, very pregnant, laying in bed, staring at the, flo- at the ceiling with her eyes wide open. okay, And I just look at her, and I touch her arm, and I say, Babe? Are you okay? Now, you got to remember, all for the last eight months, whatever it was, it was, we're going to have a baby. We're going to have a baby. And as I asked her, are you okay? Heather says this, we're going to have a baby. (laughs) Can you hear the difference? Yeah, you've heard the difference before, huh? And there's a few things. I didn't even need to ask her what she meant. I knew exactly what she meant. Number one, have we got the house completely ready? Have we got the house completely ready? Number two, do we know what we've done? <laughs> okay, I, 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 I dig it. I'm, I'm hearing her. Number three, and this is probably one of the ones that no guy in this room can relate to, but it, it's something that, that every woman who has had a child knows exactly the we're going to have a baby reaction. It's what does it feel like? How much does it hurt? there was not one man that just spoke up just then yeah and that was wisdom there's a lot of wise men in the room right now you just keep your mouth shut okay and i'm laying there holding her arm and she's just looking at the ceiling and and, in one sentence we're gonna have a baby i know exactly what she's talking about if you were to ask her right then is the pain worth it she still didn't know listen to what i'm saying if you were to ask her right then if the pain was going to be worth it, she still did not know. But hope told her that it was worth it. If you were to ask her after, she's holding this little bundle of joy and all this hair. Cameron, remember all the hair when Brady came out? He had all this hair, and it was just so cool seeing this, these little guys. This little guy, and if you were to ask her then, was the pain worth it? The joy would have absolutely come out of her heart. Absolutely, it was so worth it. This is the story about Palm Sunday and the knowledge of knowing that seven days later, the very people who celebrate him will crucify him. There are times in your life that you will be celebrated, and there are other times in your life that you will be persecuted. And the same people Who cheer you on and want to hear more and they want to see you more and they are excited about your life and they love you and they love you and they love you are the same people who could, could be the ones who nail you to a cross. But what makes you follow through on the thing that you know in your heart is worth it? Because what we're going to see today is that Jesus prays some powerful prayers. And in these powerful prayers, he includes three types of prayers and it brings us to a deeper re- revelation of there's some things that you just aren't sure are worth it, but something that God's going to have to give you pushes you through even if it gets painful, okay? So let's take a look at what Jesus said. The first scripture we're going to look at today, well, the, fir- the three things, these are the three things that Jesus prays for, okay? The first one is Jesus prays for himself. It's real important, We're going to talk about this today. Jesus prays for himself. Number two, Jesus prays for his disciples. He sits down and he asks God to do specific things for the men who have followed him for the last three and a half years, okay? And the third and final prayer that Jesus prays is a prayer for all believers. Now, that's included every person in this room, not only the ones that were there, but you are included in these prayers. Let's go to these prayers. Let me show you this real quick. Here's the first one, okay? It can be found... There we go. There we go. In John chapter 17, verse 1. Now, you can turn there if you want. You can open up your Cowboy Junction app. You can look at the notes I've already put in front of you. And this is what he says. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Do you all know what that hour feels like? It's like the rubber meets the road at this moment. It's like everything accumulates to this one particular time glorify your son that your son may also glorify you okay stop this really doesn't cross our mind when things get difficult does it this really doesn't come to our attention when my meats on the line with my head's on the line when i when my emotions are on the line when everything gets hot and heavy I don't ever sit down and instantly go to, Father, whatever's about to happen next, may I never lose sight that people are watching me and I have an opportunity to honor you. And see, honoring is kind of interesting because if you want me to come preach a great message and everybody looks around and goes, that was a great message. Man, I'll do it every weekend. Sign me up, that's great. If you keep complimenting me, Lord, that's a suffrage. I, that's suffering I would just like to receive every weekend. Come on, you got it too. To be applauded by your wife, to be celebrated by your coworkers, for all your friends to say, "Gosh, you're just awesome." Those are the things that we don't have a problem doing things for. But what if I told you that when he's praying here, Jesus is fully aware that in the next several moments, he would be betrayed, arrested, falsely tried, beaten, and nailed to a cross. And it's all for the goodness of the world. So Jesus says, in what's about to happen, show me, as they look at me, how to honor you. Let's keep going. Okay? As you have given me and him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to all, to as many as you have given him. So he says, let's keep the main thing the main thing. This is for the salvation of the world. You've got big reasons why, too. And here in a minute, I'm going to ask you what your big reason why is. And maybe we forgot about the big reason why. But the big reason why is going to assist you in when things get tough. Jesus keeps praying. Verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Is that my last scripture? One more. Okay. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me too. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory with which I had with you before the world was. Now, the reason why I want to bring this up, is because Jesus is saying some interesting things, which isn't too, inter- you know, we may think, well, of course he's going to pray that he be glorified because we glorified Jesus in our worship time. would not worship great a minute ago? Man, I love our worship here at Cowboy Junction. I love for opportunities to sing praises to the Lord. I love, Abby's just spunky. Leslie is just spunky too. And I love how they get excited and they worship the Lord and they spur us on to be worshipers also. We need some spurring, would you agree? Okay, sometimes we need to be reminded to take our focus off what just happened and put it back on the Lord that we're all here for. And that's exactly what he's saying here. And he turns in and says, let's remember this, that while I walked this earth, I glorified you. And this work we're doing, It's as you glorify me and as my name gets out, let me not remember, let let me not forget to glorify you in this world that I live in. Do we have a six? Okay, so why do I bring this up? It's because there's this moment you have to realize that you have to look deep sometimes to figure out why you do what you do. Come on, Sometimes you've got to look deep, college student. Sometimes you've got to look deep, mom and dad. Sometimes you've got to look deep, believer in Christ Jesus, to figure out why you're doing what you're doing. And in this moment of real pressure, and I don't know what your pressure looks like, but Easter is this celebration of a moment where Jesus had options but he chose the will of his father. And he says, I need you to help me do what I need to do. In fact, Jesus says, that, I have this, what do we got next? I kind of forgot. Just, just, there you go. Okay, here we go. So Matthew chapter 26 is one of the most famous prayers Jesus prays. And look at this. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here where I go and pray over here. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Time out. If there's anyone in the room that has been told what to do and you know what you should do and it grieves you to do the right thing, you're in good company. And we talk about this one time a year. There's this moment to follow through on the very thing that breaks our heart. To do but we know it's what we're supposed to do in jesus case who would want to be betrayed by be betrayed by his friends who would want to be put in through a, through a trial that people make stuff up about you who would want to be crucified to a cross and the deeply distressed part and sorrowful is t- completely understandable Jesus says this, then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Translation, I'm so depressed, I'm so angry, I'm so frustrated, I am so torn apart. I just wish I could die right now. Stay here and watch with me. But look at the very next thing Jesus says. Oh, my Father, if it is, is possible. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that before? Jesus, I pray that if it's possible that I don't have to deal with this, if it's possible that we can just sweep this under the table, if it's possible that no one ever finds out about what you want me to confess and tell the people I love the most, if it's possible that we just kind of walk away and forget it, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I'm going to stop right there. Because there's a why in your life. And the why is the very thing that's going to drive the very purpose and the instruction that God wants you to follow through on. And Jesus hits the why. He was kind of at the wine, and now he's at the why. I know that doesn't sound too glorifying of our Jesus, but I want you to think about it. We go through the wine very often in our lives. I don't want to do what you've asked me to do. But you see Jesus step up and move from the why to the why. But it's not my will. It's yours that needs to be done. Everything you want becomes what I want. What's your why that drives you to do the things that you know you need to do? There's something I want you to think about today, and this is my little blurp for this segment of the, of, the, of, the, of the message. I want you to think about this. Um, we got that? It's not how well you fight. Time out. And the reason why I bring this up is because sometimes you're really good at blowing up. Sometimes I'm really good at letting it rip tater chip. And when we come up to t- talk about fighting, you don't pick your fights very well. You're just willing to fight everything and everyone for every situation, I want to win, always, okay? That's not what we're talking about here. Because no matter the emotion that you have in a situation, your emotion will never bring out the long-term purpose that God has for your life. Sometimes the great things of life go past emotion. And emotion didn't hold Jesus on the cross. We had to look at something deeper. The deeper part is the why. It's not how well you fight, it's this. It's what you're willing to fight for. It's not how well you fight. It's what you're willing to fight for. I have a very dear man in my life who fought the calling of Jesus on his life. The uh, purpose that God has for his life salvation for his life very very close friend of mine and everything his wife told him he completely disregarded everything that god told him he just kind of ignored god was speaking at him to him from every direction and every direction he would ignore and and be able to just defense off he lived for years running from jesus Nobody in the world could could tell this man about Jesus. And then all of a sudden, his two little boys grew up. And these two little boys who kept hearing the voice of God in their life became men. And these two men could hear God speak into their life. And they followed Jesus. And the amazing thing happened in the guys. Why? Why do you not listen to people? Because I don't want people telling me anything. And then all of a sudden, two young men grow up that are his sons and live for Jesus. And it opened his eyes to things that he never saw before. And the why changed him forever. Do you not think the why matters? There are mothers in this room that are secret black bears for jesus you want to let me show you why go slap one of their children and see if they don't turn into grizzly bears just go walk up in the playground just go just pick one pick just pick one just pick one pick the cutest one and just rear back and go just slap the fire out of it okay and see if you don't get tore up from the floor up from a 115 pound blonde in the room okay The fact is that there's more inside of people than they think there is. You just haven't tapped into your why yet. And Jesus was willing to go through whatever the Father was asking him to do because he figured out what the why was. The why was you. What's your why? What's your why of why you won't? But then show me the reason why God wants you to do it and that why trumps your why. There's a second prayer that Jesus prays. And he prays for his disciples. Jesus prays for his disciples, and this is what he says. This is really cool. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. That's kind of cool. Father, you gave me a bunch of fishermen. And you gave me some tax collectors too. All of these different types of people, Father, they were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. So everything that I was in this earth, they saw you in me. It goes on. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them. So that's a key part. These normal people saw you and me, and I gave them what you had to say, and they received it, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Okay, now I want you to see something real cool. Go to the next one. While I was with them in the world, I kept. Everybody say kept. Them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. Did you hear it? And none of them is lost except the son of perdition. That's Judas. That the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy. Everybody say joy. Fulfilled in themselves. Go to the next one. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. But you should keep them from the evil one. Time out. The reason why I want to bring up the prayer for the disciples, because there's one thing at the beginning Jesus brings up. They are being kept. They are being kept in your word, and they are being set aside as holy. Holy. There is something special inside of them, a sanctification, because we are keeping them in your purpose, full of the word that you have for a special purpose that they only know why. That you and I only know why. But the why will keep them where they're supposed to go to do what they're supposed to do. Now, for many people in this room, the reason why I want to bring this up today is because in the most stressful time in Jesus' life, he prays for himself. And then he prays for the people who are going to take what's going to happen and run with the why. And he says, Father, I pray that they would know that everywhere they're at, they're kept in your presence with your word to be sanctified, set apart as holy for the plan that you have. And that, Why is that so important? Those are big words, and it sounds pretty churchy right now. But some of you doubt where you're at, where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing, with who you're doing it with, and there is no plan of God with you. And I would turn and say, then why did he pray this for his disciples? One of the things that you might have lost is the very first thing that I brought up. You might have lost the joy. Because it's really hard to have all the other things that Jesus said that you can have if you can't get excited about what he wants to do in you and it may get tough but you lost your joy and it's going to get tougher and it may get hard but it's going to get harder because you don't have that one key ingredient that he gave us the joy of knowing that he is our strength and if you don't start figuring out how to go back and stir up the love for life that you have in our Lord, you can even be a Christian and be a miserable Christian. And the story of Jesus is that in this moment to where the pressure was on and Jesus had an opportunity to be a miserable Messiah, he said, nope, I'm gonna go back to the why. And the why puts the fire in my heart. And now while I'm at it, let me pray for my disciples that, Father, you keep them where they're supposed to be, even in the world, against the evil one. Don't let their hand, his hand get on them. Keep them in the world so that they can take the word that I gave them and they can go be the purpose that I've called them to be. And oh, by the way, stir the joy up inside of them. They're just gonna have to get excited about something. And for some of us, that's where we've lost our joy is in our marriage. How come it is you dated your wife when you just met her and you were willing to spend whatever do you know what they spend on on movie tickets nowadays my gosh it wasn't that expensive when we were growing up and here we are and we have this moment to where it's expensive but you're willing to pay whatever price because you love her but then we get married to her and we lose our joy and we don't date her anymore And we find ourselves drifting apart. I'm going to tell you, even in marriage, you're going to have to get excited. Go back and find your joy. And where you can find your joy, you can go through anything together. Kids take moments that parents have to pause and go back to finding the joy of why do you do what you do? Ministry. You may look and say, Ty, that's the greatest job in the world. You get to tell people about Jesus. But even this becomes a job. And there are times I've told Heather, This week, I've just got away. And I've went and recaptured, re-met with, Tybean, why do you do this? Because I like it. Because this is fun. Who else gets to stand on a cow skin (laughs) in a church where there's no dress code? To where you walk in with a jacket and people think something cool is going to happen today. else can you build an arena down there and pumpkin packs, patch out there and every tuesday through friday screaming elementary kids running around all over the place where else do we get to do what we do Tybee, you can talk yourself out of the greatest joy god has for you because your flesh chooses death over your spirit choosing life father i pray and this is what he says that you would not take them out of the world for everybody in the room, you're not going to get transplanted. You're where you're supposed to be. But you're going to have to t- dial and tap back into remembering, remembering who's in charge of the world you live in. There's one more prayer. One more. Jesus turns and he prays for all believers. Now that's you and me. It's everyone who was before and everyone after. All those who choose to believe. And he says this, I do not pray these things alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may be one. Everybody say, be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Okay, time out. Out of all the things he could have prayed for us, there was no presidential candidates mentioned in the prayer. There was no foreign wars. There was no other religions. There was no there was nothing else except for the fact that he turned and he said, Father, for those that are coming that believe after me, they're going to have to be one in the same spirit. Can I remember what, remind you what Pentecost looked like? Pentecost is the story when the Holy Spirit came and filled the believers in the church. To go then do what God had called them to do. Power came. And Pentecost is a powerful moment in the church. And it was described as this that they all met together in the upper room, and it says, in one accord. That they may be one. As you, Father, and me, as you and I are one, may the church after us be unified as one. One of the most crippling things that can happen to us is if we ever let something get between us. And I I know you think me and you, but I mean you and the person next to you. The person that goes to the 830 service and you, and the person that goes to the the 1030 and the 11, the person that goes to the other church and you. If we ever allow something to get between us, we lose the most important thing that we have. It's the power of unity. Can I tell you a story? So I had all my cards inviting people to Cowboy Junction. You know all the cards we've been talking about for the past five weeks, and I was passing them out, and I ran into this young lady who recognized me. She used to go to our church a long time ago uh, at our college group, and I walked up and gave her a hug, and she gave me a hug, and I said, hey, here's a card. I want to invite you to Cowboy Junction, and she gently turned to me, and she said she's going to another church, in which I turned to her and said, oh yeah, which church is it? And she goes, well, it's a such-and-such church in Lovington. I said, great. Oh my gosh, is so-and-so still the pastor there? And she gave me this look like I don't know who the pastor is at the church. And all of a sudden, she's completely busted. She doesn't go to church anywhere. Um, She's just letting me know she goes to church someplace else. I said, well, you know, that's a great church. And she said, yeah, I love it there. And come to find out, she only hadn't been there a couple weeks, and that was a couple years ago. So now I'm in this position. Let me show you guys where I'm at. I can now invite her, now that I've busted her, and to go into Cowboy Junction. (laughs) And instantly, if you think about it, she's going to feel guilty and she's going to feel bad, and that's no invitation I ever want to give to anybody. Or I can put the card back in my pocket, knowing full well that she believes that she goes to such and such church in Levington, and I can invite her to their Easter service and make her feel good She'll probably go, because I reminded her. And I said, "Hey, what are you doing this Easter?" And she says, "I haven't thought about it very much." And I said, "I've heard that such and such church in Lovington has a great Easter service, and I think on Facebook the other day they put down this series therein. And it looked really cool. It looked awesome. And you know what? You've got this weekend and next weekend." And this weekend's Palm Sunday, and if I were you, I'd really think about going to their church service. And so let me just let you know that the pastor of Cowboy Junction Church just invited somebody to such and such church in Levington, New Mexico. (laughs) Let me tell you why I say that. Because that gives me more joy in the world that I'm in right now than to me sitting there thinking about the disunity that brings all of us down and doesn't fulfill the call of God on anybody's life. This morning I got to think about it because I got my notes out and I got to praying. There is a high probable chance that a certain young lady with a cowboy junction card that I ended up giving to her is at a church in Lovington attending because the pastor of another church invited her there. And I have a smile on my face because that just does something for my heart. And it's going back to why do you do what you do and the necessary endings that have to take place in one area to go to the necessary beginnings that God has for you in the places that God wants you to go to. Yeah. 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 Necessary endings. Necessary endings. Jesus turns and says, Father, as they look at me, may I honor you. Jesus turns to the disciples and says, don't lose your joy. If you lose your joy, you lose your fuel. If you lose your joy, you lose your fuel for your marriage. If you lose your joy, you lose your reason for living in Lee County. Nobody moves to Lee County for the scenery. There's got to be a reason of why you're here. And then he turns and he begins to fulfill the purpose on your life. And then if we ever lose unity with one with another, we've lost so much. And there's some necessary endings to bring some necessary beginnings to the purpose of God on our life. Will you help me? I thought today would be a, a best day as any for us to be unified. Turn to your neighbor right now and just say, hey, will you break bread with me? Will you break bread with me? And now turn back to him and say, sure, I will. And Jesus did an amazing thing. He brought out a simple loaf of bread. On this Palm Sunday, we represent the last supper. And in it, Jesus picked up one whole loaf. And he turned to the ones that he loved. And he said, everything you need to go do what I've asked you to do, you have it. You just got to go back to it. Let this bread represent my life with you and break it and take it often as a remembrance that you need to go after the things that I've already given you. You have your answers. You got to go back after them. You have your instructions. You need to go back after. You have the way, the truth, and the life. Go after it. Take this as often as you can with each other in remembrance of me. This is my body, broken for you. And then he picked up a glass of wine. And uh, here at Cowboy Junction, we use grape juice. And it's the color that's the most important. And it's the color of blood That is remembrance of Jesus' story to where he turned and said as he picked up the cup, this is my blood and it is shed for the forgiveness of the sins of the world. You are not the same person that you once were. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Every time you take this cup with this bread, remember that you are free. You are free to be the person that I have called you to be. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Sometimes you need to be reminded of that. So take this cup often. And as often as you take it, remember my blood that was shed for you. And he did all this with everybody in the room. And everyone came together and was unified. Today I pray for every person in this room that we would recognize the necessary endings, the necessary beginnings. But there is a crossroad, and the reason why. Why do we do what we do? You stayed on the cross for us because we were your why. Thank you. Thank you for seeing your Father's heart. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Cowboy Junction. (coughs) Jesus got stuck right there. It's time for us to love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget. God bless you guys and have a great week in the Lord. See you later.